How is this for a Thanksgiving Day special? You get to find out about the Chiefs and the Raiders. It's crossover Thursday, week 12 action, Allegiant Stadium. It's going down on this Thanksgiving, November 23rd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you in a major way. We're hoping that you're having a good Thanksgiving already. Or maybe if you're listening to this on Friday or checking it out on Friday, you had a really good Thanksgiving. Either way, we do appreciate you, and we appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day, even on Thanksgiving, making sure that we got this up on YouTube uh, at Ari Produces on Twitter. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And normally not today, but we have the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. But it is crossover Thursday. The next team up on the schedule, you know we break it on down each and every Thursday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Clark, one of the hosts of Lockdown Chiefs will join the show. We'll talk all things storylines. We'll talk all things matchups. We'll talk about paths to victory and we'll even decide who we think is going to win the game either Kansas City or the Raiders. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get into it, though, I did want to give you a quick update on uh, the roster that the Raiders uh, made a little bit of a move, a slight move that they made on Wednesday, and they uh, waived linebacker Jalen Smith. He's a guy that they signed not too long ago. He was on the active roster. They picked him up from the New Orleans Saints. They waived him, and they signed defensive end Ellerson Smith to the practice squad. And I'm not going to lie to you. I got to do a little bit of research on Ellerson Smith, but he's on the practice squad, and you see Champ Kelly and company continue to do little tweaks here and there to the practice squad, bringing in more bodies based off what they need each and every week, just like they brought Jakob Johnson back, and he's part of the practice squad. He's the guy I expect to be up on the active roster come Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's really all I got. I do have an injury report from Wednesday, but uh, I want to jump into the crossover edition. So we'll give you the injury report coming up on Friday's show, and I'll let you know what that's looking like heading into the weekend. Before we get into crossover edition and the part one of the conversation between me and Chris Clark, Want to let you know that the edition is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into part one of the conversation of the crossover edition. Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, and myself talking all things Chiefs and Raiders, biggest storylines for both teams coming up on Sunday. Q. Looking forward to this one. How are you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing good. It, it seems like it's been so long since the Raiders and Chiefs played. I mean, to know that for the first time in 2023, they're meeting up, and it's uh, you know it's week 12 already. It's pretty wild. And then, of course, they play again on Christmas morning. But, yeah, man, it's great to see uh, you know the Chiefs headed back to Allegiant Stadium. Well, and it's a completely different matchup this time around than it was last time with you know the change at QB, the change yeah. at now Coach. Uh, as well uh, obviously your GM is gone although that probably doesn't have as big of an effect this time of year but it is a big change for the Raiders and this Chiefs organization getting into this game 
But what is your biggest story going into this game? Well, the biggest storyline is just what you touched on. So much change, right? As opposed to the last time that the Raiders saw the Chiefs. No more Joshua Daniels. No more Dave Ziegler. Derek Carr is clearly gone. Jimmy G's not the guy. It's Aiden O'Connell now, the fourth-round pick out of Purdue. But the biggest storyline has to do with the guy on the sideline, Antonio Pierce. Uh, he's a guy that is the interim head coach. He was the linebacker's coach. Last time the Raiders and the Chiefs met up with each other. And he's brought a newfound energy and uh, enthusiasm around this team. And it's funny, man, I didn't even realize that it was so bad around the Raiders organization until I realized it was so bad, until Josh Daniels was actually officially out. Then all of a sudden you realize, like, wow, that's a breath of fresh air. It's almost like being really thirsty and someone gives you some cold water and you realize how thirsty you really were. That's kind of how it is, and, and that's what the, the feeling and approach has been from Raider Nation. They feel refreshed, and they're not thirsty anymore than now that Antonio Pierce has brought this extra energy. And so far, they're 2-1 under AP. So uh, some I don't want to say good times, but better times uh, as far as the Raiders are concerned. So I think it's just the, the new and, and Raider Nation getting used to seeing what this could potentially look like, and can AP be the uh, the coach of the future for the team. That's got to be the biggest storyline the rest of the way, as far as I'm concerned. How about you? Well, and you talk about it, and that's a big question. Can AP be the guy to bring your franchise into the future? And that's going to be something that they're going to determine over the next couple of weeks. You know, for me, I think you got to flip it, and you got to look at Kansas City losing to the Eagles. And it wasn't necessarily that they lost to the Eagles. The Eagles, uh, a lot of people argue, are the best team in the NFL. Uh, but Kansas City really had their number in the first half. And yeah. then to just bl- go and get blanked in the second half for the third game in a row, not be able to score any points. This team used to be an offensive-led team. It's now a defensive-led team. And it's a big question. How are they going to address things going forward? How are they going to get better than what they are right now? How are they going to improve? Uh, you know, you have to look at all those things. And in a way, <laughs> I kind of hate to say this, but in a way, uh, it feels like they are in need of a get-right game, and this is a game where I think that they're going to come in pissed off, uh, quite frankly, uh, because I know that there's a lot of uh, people in the locker room that are not very happy with the performance they had Monday night. Uh, you know, and in some cases, you know, this was talked about on on Locked On Chiefs yesterday. You could argue that Monday night's game was Mahomes' worst game of his career, based on his yards per attempt, four yards per attempt in that mm-hmm. game. Uh, that is not something that you're used to seeing from Mahomes. Obviously, it's not all on him. The receivers dropped a lot of passes, uh, weren't running the right routes. There's a lot of different things that go into that, but that's not something you're you're used to from a QB that's been playing as long as Mahomes has and is probably the best QB in the NFL. Uh, you don't expect to see that kind of performance. I think the the biggest storyline for Kansas City is they got to get right from the Eagles game and they got to move forward as an offense. They got to start scoring points in the second half. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, early in the season, I'll tell you, the Raiders were a lot of teams get right games. I mean, even the Chicago Bears, they were their get right game. And it's like, what is, what is going on? And that's part of the reason why Josh Fernandez is no longer the coach. Mark Davis got pissed off and got tired of his team being the get right team. And again, they were that team. They 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 had to wear that label with the with a smile on their face because that's who they were uh, under Antonio Pierce. It's been different. Uh, obviously, they've been going out there and they've been very energetic and they've been playing, leaving it all out there on the field. And, you know, they gave the Dolphins a run for their money and they've got the number one offense in the league. So that's something to hang their hat on. But I'm just curious, as you mentioned, the drop passes that the Chiefs receivers have had. They, they lead the league in drops with 26. They had five more on on Monday Night Football. What is the biggest reason that they are putting the ball on the ground so much? And, and is that the biggest reason why they're not scoring in the second half as it's been three games in a row, as you mentioned? I mean, I think you could make an argument. It's it's three different things. It's drops, which are killing them, mm-hmm. absolutely killing them. 
and I, I wish I had a better answer for why they're having drops. Uh, that seems to be a concentration issue. If you go back and look, and let's talk about two, spa- two plays specifically, you go back and watch the Justin Watson drop uh, right before they punted to the Eagles. He has a third and four, and they run a slant. He is open. He looks down because he sees the defender closing in on him, uh, and he's trying to gauge where he's going to get hit and how hard he's going to get hit, and he drops the ball. Mm. That killed the drive. He easily gets a first down if he catches the ball. He's going to take a shot. I'm not going to say he's not. Right. But you look at that type of play, that kills the drive in that situation. Uh, And then if you look at the – it's really hard to look at that game and and look at, you know, the MVS drop at the end of the game and say, okay, how do you get past that? Well, I, I will argue, and I know people will not like this, but I will argue Mahomes overthrew him just a tad. Uh, maybe half a yard, maybe a yard more than he should have. If he put, puts it a little bit less in front of him, he doesn't have to die for it. I think that's what made that catch harder. I'm not excusing the drop, right? but it made the catch harder. Uh, if he puts it just a little bit shorter, I think he catches it over his shoulder and runs and just you know scores a touchdown. And they probably end up winning the game based on the way, on the, based on the way that their defense had been playing at that point. Uh, Philadelphia needed sustained drives, long drives, to score, so I think that they had a pretty good chance to win if they score there, uh, even with a minute and a half left in Philly with their with their timeouts. But you know, you look at the rest of it; it's you know drops. You talk about it's penalties. Yeah, yeah you know penalties have been killing them. I mean, they get to a situation where they have a third and two, and then they get a false start. And I don't remember if it was Kelsey or if it was uh, Jamar Taylor at that point, Jawan Taylor at that point. But you get a false start in that situation that becomes a third and seven. Well, third and two, you easily pick up generally most of the time. Although Kansas city struggles in that situation, they were picking them up in spades early in the game uh, against the Eagles. And then, you know, you go third and seven, you don't convert. And then you're sitting in a situation where, okay, well you just wasted a a drive there too. Uh, And then, you know, penalties are a big issue, but then you look at turnovers. Yeah. Uh, you, You look at, you go back and watch that game. Mahomes had Justin Watson open in the end zone when he threw his interception. If he doesn't float that ball and he puts it on line, he puts it a little bit further outside, the safety has no chance of getting it, and it's a touchdown. Right. Uh, you know, Barring Justin Watson not catching it, if he doesn't catch it, it's an incomplete pass. They still get three points. It could have changed the game later in the game. Uh, but then you look at the Travis Kelsey fumble. They're in you know field goal range. They're in the 14-yard line when they snap the ball. He gets a you know four-yard run or four-yard catch and then gets hit and fumbles the ball. You can't do those things. It's It's – penalties it's drops it's turnovers all three of those things are killing them and they're killing themselves and i am not trying to take anything away from the eagles the eagles did what they needed to do in the second half but kansas city dominated the first half of that game yeah and should have won i thought honestly i thought that kansas city was going to run away with the game the way that they were running and they were dominating on the ground which i was actually kind of surprised to see that much attention to the ground game uh but they were just they were a force on the ground so I, it's funny during the game i remember i was on the radio live and i said they score one more touchdown this game is over thing is they never scored one more touchdown right, right. I mean, it just, it just they never, never scored happened. any points right they didn't score any and it just blew my mind they were up by 10 at halftime and then couldn't find a way to score and again three games in a row where they haven't scored in the second half is really bizarre and it's very un-Kansas City like and so that to me is you know something that raises my eyebrow and gets, catches my attention of man what's going on right there but with that being said the defense has been playing really good throughout the course of the season so I mean at least if you're going to have one area of struggle at least you have a defense that at least feel comfortable and getting the ball back to your offense and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the problem is is that you know some of the turnovers have created short fields for the defense and have yeah. put, put them in bad positions, and that's a problem too. So something to watch there. 
if they hold on to the ball and they take care of the ball, I said this before the Eagles game, if they win the turnover battle or, or it's negative one, they have a chance at winning. They had a chance at winning at negative one, uh, but they couldn't get it done. So there you go right there, part one of our conversation, talking about the storylines when it comes to the Chiefs, talking about the storylines when it comes to the Raiders. Of course, the Chiefs are struggling to score in the second half three weeks in a row. They have not scored in the second half of games. If that's the case on Sunday, I love the Raiders' chances to win this game, but the offense is definitely going to have to show up, and that energy that AP has been able to bring to the team the last three weeks, that's got to show up in a major way, and I expect that to show up in a major way. Before we get into the biggest matchups of the show, crossover edition part two of the conversation between Chris Clark and myself, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor, which is Prize Picks. And I'm sure you're probably asking, well, Q, I've heard you talk about Prize Picks, but what exactly is it? It's Daily Fantasy Sports uh, in North America. It's the largest Daily Fantasy Sports platform in North America, the easiest and the most exciting way to play Daily Fantasy Sports. You're not playing against other players. You're not going up against pros. You're not going up against sharks. You're just picking more than or less than two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings rolling in just like that. They have basketball and football. If you want to make a combo, you can do that right now. Maybe you want to roll with LeBron James, who's been having a fantastic season, even at his his age, and maybe you want to go with a player. Uh, maybe you want to go with Travis Kelsey. Maybe you want to go with Patrick Mahomes, or you want to keep it the home team. You want to keep the main thing the main thing. Go with Devontae Adams, Aiden O'Connell, Josh Jacobs, whatever the case may be, and combine it with a basketball player. You can do that right now. They have their specials league combo projections that they can do as well. And how about insurance? What do you mean by insurance? Prize Picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with the injury insurance policy. What you need to do right now is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of the crossover edition, the conversation with Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, talking week 12 action. We already talked about the biggest storylines for each team. Now it's time to jump into the biggest matchups between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Like, what is the, the areas of the team that we're going to be focusing on the most while we're watching the game on Sunday from Allegiant Stadium? Here's part two of that conversation. All right, Q. There are so many different matchups in this game that are going to become critical. What are what is your biggest matchup you're looking at first? Man, one of the biggest matchups I'm looking at is the Raiders offense going up against that that Chiefs defense. And really in particular, uh, what Steve Spagnola as the defensive coordinator is going to dial up for rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Uh, he's only making his fifth career start. Uh, I thought that he had a couple games where he looked pretty decent, but that last week against Miami, it seemed like the Raiders may have pulled him back a little bit or held him back a little bit and maybe guided him a little bit too much. Maybe that's the better way to put it, uh, where they just didn't look like they wanted to open things up. They had a turnover that they created late in the first half. They were on the Miami like 35-yard line. Uh, and they didn't get aggressive and try to score a touchdown. They, they just ran the ball. They wasted a lot of time, and then they kicked a field goal and uh, saying that they were concerned with Miami getting the ball back and trying to go for uh, more points and, and doubling up because they were getting the ball out of the, the locker room at halftime. And I just don't think that that's 
that's the right approach. I think that if he's going to be your quarterback, you need to let him be your quarterback. So I want to see how Aiden O'Connell deals with Steve Spagnola and that defensive pressure that they're going to put on him. And, of course, the guys that they have in the corners and the back end that can make plays on the ball as well. Uh, because, again, every game is a new game for Aiden O'Connell and a new experience for him. So I think for the Raiders in their offense, who only scored 13 points against Miami and only scored over 21 times so far this season as an offense, and that was against the New York Giants just a couple weeks ago, Antonio Pierce's first week as the interim head coach, I think that that's got to be one of the biggest, uh, you know, like, matchups or, or, or points of emphasis. It's something that you got to pay attention to. It's just how Aiden O'Connell uh, reacts to what Steve Spagnola throws at him from a defensive side of things. Because again, as you know, that defense has been really strong for Kansas City all season long. And you stole my number one matchup, so I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. It happens. Dude, I, no, it's cool. I, I, I cannot wait to see Spagnola against Aiden O'Connell. And it's nothing against Aiden. It's more of if you go back and watch what Spagnuolo has done against rookie QBs or young QBs that he's never faced before, he usually confuses them a lot in the first game. And then you take in on top of what he's been able to do this season with the defense he's got this season, that is going to play a huge factor in, in how successful this Raiders team is going to be against Kansas City is can they pick up the blitzes when they're sent from the corners, from the safeties, from the linebackers? Uh, can they you know figure out where the hot routes are going to be when they're being blitzed? Uh, and are you going to be able to see all that? That's that's a big question mark. So I'm, I think that's a fantastic matchup. I'm really curious to see what we've seen the past couple of seasons when Kansas City has faced the Raiders is you've, you've had Andrew Wiley going against Max Crosby. Mm. Uh, and I think what was interesting was usually Wiley did okay. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Crosby. Crosby's a fantastic player, but it was interesting because it, I didn't expect Wiley to be able to handle him as well as he did. Crosby still got his and at times, and that was you know good to see that he he's one of the best defensive ends in the league. I, I truly do believe that. Uh, but I'm curious how he does against Juwan Taylor in Kansas City this year. And the reason I'm curious about that is because Taylor is one of those guys that doesn't get help very much. Mm -hmm. uh, generally speaking, he is going to be manned up on the defensive end, and they may chip at times, but he's going to be on an island 70% of the time uh, based on stats so far this season. So that's going to be a huge matchup in my mind. Can Taylor slow down Crosby, and how is that going to affect this game? Yeah, that's definitely – it's funny that, you know, I stole yours, and you didn't quite steal mine, but – it was close, right? It has the same elements in it, and, and it starts with Max Crosby for me. Uh, I'm looking at him and Patrick Mahomes, only because we saw the Netflix, the quarterback special, and you heard Patrick Mahomes saying you woke the wrong mother effer up, and I thought that that was yep. cool, and you hear the back and forth between Crosby and, and Mahomes, and I think football needs that, man. You know, I think that, that, that sports needs guys that are – of ultra respective to each other. I mean, they they have all the highest level of respect for each other. I mean, they do. Max Crosby respects the hell thing. out of Mahomes, right? But at the same time, they want to get under each other's skin. Mahomes wants mm -hmm. to beat the hell out of Crosby every chance he gets, and Crosby wants to beat the hell out of Mahomes. I think that's healthy. I think that that's good. So I just want to see the level of trash talk, the level of intensity, those guys going back and forth. Obviously, Mahomes plays a different position than Crosby, and you know they're not necessarily going up against each other, but you know that there's a level of, hey, I'm coming after you, and there's a level of Mahomes saying, hey, look, it don't matter if you come after me or not. I'm going to still throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, it's just that that element of a little bit of a rivalry between those two in particular that really has me juiced up. I just want to see what it looks like, especially after seeing that what what it came when week five last year against the against the Chiefs there in, in Arrowhead. I thought that was a lot of fun. 
It was a lot of fun, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that the NFL needs those types of rivalries. And it's the, the great thing about that, though, is you know that those two players respect each other, like you said. Right. You know that they have no – it's not like personal animosity. It's not like they hate each other. It's their competitive nature, and it is the way that they play the game. That's exactly what you want in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You want that in a rivalry. And, and some would argue that you want them to hate each other, and I, I'm okay with them not hating each other. Right. They respect each other. Uh, obviously, you've seen them talk after the game and and get along fine, but it's going to be fascinating to, to watch what they're able to do in that in that situation because there's going to be a lot of things that uh, are going to play out in this game. And you know, does Crosby get to uh, hit Mahomes multiple times? How's that going to work? Lots of different questions when it comes to that. One of the matchups I'm really looking forward to is if you watch the Eagles game, if you watch most of Kansas City's games so far this season, the Chiefs have been using Snead to mirror the number one wide receiver yep. uh, across from them. Are they going to do that with Devontae Adams? I would expect it. What is Devontae Adams going to do? I have all the respect in the world for Devontae Adams, but holding A.J. Brown to one catch on four ten, on four ten, uh, targets and eight yards was phenomenal. Uh, I'm curious to see if he can do it again. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a matchup for sure. And the one thing that I can say is good about the Raiders' offense, now if they're able to use it, that's another question. But what's good is that it's – Devontae Adams is wide receiver one, but now they have Jacoby Myers as well, and he's obviously uh, a really good wide receiver. He was a number one there in New England. Now he's a number two with the Raiders, and he's been complimenting Devontae really well. So I feel like even if uh, they're able to take Devontae away, which you know I know that's going to be a heavy focus, maybe Jacoby steps up. Maybe a guy like Hunter is able to step up now that he's off the milk carton. And you know Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end, I think that that's a guy that could be used. But again, it, it goes back to the Raiders being able to even use their offense in the way that they want. Right. I mean, it starts with Josh Jacobs and it, it kind of builds off of him. Uh, and that's the thing. They haven't really been able to get things blow, going and it's blown my mind. It really has, because I thought that the offense was going to be the strength of the team and the defense would have to complement them here and there where that hasn't been the case. It's been the defense has been the strength and the offense is just hoping that they can complement them. So that's definitely going to be a good matchup, though, Snead and, and Devontae Adams to see. And Devontae always takes those kind of matchups personal because he wants to be the best of the best. And I know Snead does as well. I'll tell you this, what I'm really intrigued by, and it's funny, we kind of have the same matchup. I want to see who's going to be trying to slow down Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has owned the Raiders. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. He has owned the Raiders, even when he only has a few catches for a few yards. They happen to be touchdowns, right? I mean, I remember one game he had, what, four catches for 25 yards, but it was four touchdowns. It's like, yep. it's like what, what are you doing, right? I mean, someone's got to know where 87 is at all times. So I'm thinking, and this is just me thinking out loud, that Nate Hobbs is going to get the assignment to try to – uh, follow Travis Kelsey around and try to slow him down. We'll see if that's what it is. Uh, I don't think Spillane and, and Divine Diablo at the linebackers is a good matchup, even though Spillane's done a hell of a job. Maybe maybe it's some kind of package deal. I don't know. But my gut feeling tells me Nate Hobbs is going to be squared up against uh, Travis Kelsey, and I want to see how that shakes out because that's a, that's a real good corner that plays anywhere that he's asked to play, outside, in the slot, covering the tight end. Anything that they ask him to do, he does, and he takes that challenge personal. So that could be interesting as well. Uh, but it really is like who is going to be a sign with Travis Kelsey because 87 has been dominant when it comes to facing the Raiders. Well, and you know, you know, Mahomes is going to be looking at it, looking yeah. for him, especially with all the struggles they've had at wide receiver and how this game is playing in, how they're playing into this game. Uh, Kelsey struggled the past couple of weeks. He hasn't been the same guy that he was early in the season. Uh, a lot of teams have been doubling him and tripling him, uh, and that's caused you know stats to go down because they can't find somebody else to beat. 
uh, the rest of the defenses. So that's going to be definitely something to watch. I'm, I am going to be curious about how the Raiders go about trying to slow him down. You know, the other matchup, you talked about a guy like Jacoby Myers. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I think that he's a fantastic wide receiver. I wish Kansas City would sign him in the offseason. Uh, I'm curious what they do and where they line him up. Are they going to line him up in the slot? Are they going to line up, you know, Hunter Renfro in the slot? Because you got a guy in Troy McDuffie who's playing fantastic football. Mm-hmm. And he may be, be he may be playing just as good, if not better, than Legereus Sneed uh, when it comes to just overall football play. He has been everywhere, and he's caused four fumbles this season so far. Doesn't have any picks, but he is a guy that is really taking another role, another step forward on this defense, and it's been something fun to watch. I bet, I bet, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. And and, and Jacoby is lined up in multiple places. Really, all the wide receivers have lined up in different uh, areas of the field. Uh, Devonte in the slot, Devonte outside, Jacoby outside, Jacoby in the slot, Hunter outside, Hunter in the slot, and and Hunter again is just kind of got off the milk carton, so he's just really starting to get some action. And it hasn't been a whole lot, but he actually had a really good play last week against Miami, which was fun. And uh, uh, Antonio Pierce, the interim coach, called him Crazy Legs Hunter, so that was kind of cool. Just as finally see him get a little bit of love this year because he has done really uh, next to nothing but finally getting a little bit of burn and getting a little bit of attention getting some targets sent his way so uh, I think the Raiders offense if it can click if Josh Jacobs can get going and touch the ball quite a bit I feel like the offense can get going they just haven't got going consistently this year so I would suggest if they're going to do it this would be a pretty good week to try to do it going up against Kansas City who I don't expect to be uh, scoring less than 20 points in this game I just don't see that happening well, and it's going to be a good matchup for their off for the Raiders' yeah. offense versus the Chiefs' defense, who is one of the best in the NFL, and they're still allowing. I, I'm not sure what their points total now is after the Eagles game, but it was less than 16 points a game mm. uh, going into that game. So that's going to be something that's going to be fascinating to watch. So there was the biggest matchups right there. Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, and myself talking Chiefs and Raiders. First time that they're matching up in 2023, which is wild. It's already week 12, and they're finally going to square up with each other. And, of course, the Raiders are going to go into their bye week after this game on Sunday. But, man, they've got this week, and then they've got uh, Christmas to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just so strange seeing them play them so late in the season. But there you go. You heard the biggest matchups. Coming up in segment number three, pass the victory, and we're going to decide who's going to win the game. Kansas City or the Raiders? Chances are we're not going to agree on this one. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. We'll do it in part three, in segment number three of the crossover edition here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. And here we go, Raider Nation. Let's close things out strong, and we will close things out strong with part three of the crossover edition with Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, and myself talking Chiefs, Raiders, Week 12 action. You've heard the biggest matchups. You heard the biggest storylines. Now, what is the path to victory? How can the Raiders get to win? How can the Chiefs get to win? The Raiders really need to win. The Chiefs really need to win. It's an AFC battle. The Raiders have four out of the next six games are going to be division opponents. Right, Three out of four of those are going to be at the house. So they really need to continue to do what they've done at Allegiant Stadium this season, which is win. They're 4-1 so far at Allegiant Stadium this season. They'd like to keep that party rolling on Sunday versus the Chiefs. So how's they going to get it done? Well, let's jump into part three of the conversation. Uh, our t- team predictions, what we think it's going to take to get the win, and who we think is going to get the win. Here it is. Part three of our conversation on the Locked On Raiders podcast. All right, Q. What do you see? What would it take for the Raiders to beat the Chiefs in this game? Whew, man, it's going to take a lot, right? And it's going to start with the offensive side of things. I have confidence in the defense that they're going to 
slow down the Chiefs. I'm not going to say they're going to stop them. That would be silly. But I think that they can they could compete and get the ball back to the Raiders' offense a few times. That's really what they've hung their hat on all season long. So I really want to kind of focus in on the offense and what they need to do. And uh, I asked Antonio Pierce about uh, the, the offense and what it's going to take to get things jump-started. And he told me straight up that, hey, it goes through Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has got to be the guy. He had 14 carries against the Dolphins. That can't be the case. He's got to be up around 20 targets, 20, or t- 20 carries, 25 carries. He's got to touch the ball a lot, and then everything else could build off of him. He said they got the best running back in the league. They're going to use him. And obviously his stats don't show that he's the best running back in the league, but he was last year. And that's how this offense is built, is to build around Josh Jacobs. So I think that uh, Josh Jacobs has got to get cooking, and Aiden O'Connell's got to be confident in what he does. He's got to get the ball out quickly, and he's got to get the ball out uh, you know, to the, to the guys that can make plays, the Jacobis, the Devontes, the Hunters, guys like Michael Mayer, the tight end. I think that that could be a, a, you know, kind of a little bit of an X factor for him. He's starting to get a little bit more comfortable in his role in the NFL. Um, but they, they've, got to, they've got to have a really good turnover-free game against Kansas City offensively to give themselves a chance. Last week against Miami, I said they have to score 24 points to win the game. If they had scored 24 points, they would have won the game because they held Miami to 20. So uh, I'm going to be uh, around that area again. I think that they need to score at least 24 to give themselves a chance. I'm not saying that, that they're going to hold Kansas City to less than 24, but that gives them a chance. If they if they can get around there, then I feel like that they'll take their chance with, okay, this is what happens. They're playing really well at home this year. They're 4-1, and one, which is a different uh, you know, feel than what it's been in previous seasons at Allegiant Stadium. So they're four and one uh, at home. They've won three games in a row there. Uh, Raider Nation is is feeling themselves as far as being in the stadium and trying to give them a home field advantage. So I think being in the comforts of their home, they're going to they're going to go out there and put their best foot forward. And and effort will never be a question as long as Antonio Pierce is the head coach or the interim head coach. He has those guys fired up, ready to go. So the effort will be there. The energy will be there. Can the execution be there offensively? So, I mean, for the Raiders to win the game, 24 points has got to be the target. Can they get that? You mentioned it. The Chiefs were averaging, what, 16 points per game they were giving up? That's not a good, it's not a good recipe, but that's the recipe that they've got to go ahead and work with. You know, you flip it over to Kansas City, and, and you, you kind of hit me on this earlier when we were talking, you know, the biggest storylines and in, in going into this game. And, and really, the, the thing for Kansas City is that you got to play mistake-free football. I'm not saying you can't have some penalties. Uh, and I also, you know, we've talked about this on Lockdown Chiefs a lot. Uh, I think there are some differences in some penalties because if you watch the Chiefs play early on, Legereus Sneed will usually get a couple of early penalties, whether it's holding, whether it's, you know, hands to the face, whether it's illegal contact. He may get a couple of those early in the game. It's him setting the tone, him setting, you know, that it's going to be a physical day with the right wide receiver, but he doesn't generally get those types of calls late in the game. I think it's something he adjusts to. He sees, okay, what are they going to let him do? And then they, he figures it out. So those penalties I'm okay with. It's the holdings, the penalty, you know, the false starts, the, you know, the mental lapses that you have uh, when you're playing offense that really have slowed this team down. And one of the things I've talked about, and I've been tracking third downs for Kansas City a lot this year and in, in different stats, but it's getting into situations where you're behind the sticks. And I mean, that's, you know, basic football, but the reality for Kansas City is, you know, in years past, if you got to, you know, to a first and 20, you felt pretty good that you could still have a chance to convert it. They're not converting those all at the same rate this year. Uh, you know, you get in a situation where you get way behind the sticks and generally speaking, you're going to probably be punting and that's an issue. Or it's going to put you in where you have to kick a field goal versus going for a tight end or, or for a touchdown. I'm sorry. 
I do think that that's another thing that they need to watch and they need to look at is they need to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, you know, they punted, I think, at the 39-yard line of the Eagles late in the, in the fourth quarter last week. I think that's something they need to maybe look at adjusting. And I know it was fourth and five or fourth and four, but give your quarterback a chance. Uh, the way the defense is playing, I think, and the way the defense has been playing all year, I think you got to feel pretty good. It's they're still 60 yards away from the field goal or from scoring at that point. You still have to feel like the defense can get a stop. So uh, they need to take advantage of that. But if, as long as they don't get penalties, they don't you know hurt themselves with turnovers, and they just catch the ball. I, I don't care if you get a ton of yak yardage, just catch the ball. Mm-hmm. If the hand, if the ball hits you in the hands, you need to catch it. If they don't yeah. do those three things, I think they win this game because the defense is playing well enough to where I think that they can keep the Raiders under 20 points. Uh, and I think that the offense can play well enough if they don't turn the ball over, they don't get the penalties, and they don't have the drops. But they haven't had that many games this year where they've been doing that. So that's the big question going into this one. It's it's funny, man. We're talking about defensive battle between the Raiders and the Chiefs, <laughs> right? I mean, it just shows you how different yep. the seasons can be from one year to the other. I mean, usually uh, I'm talking about the Chiefs, and I'm like, well, just uh, eliminate the big plays, right? Make them earn all their yards and all their scores because you know they're going to put up close to 30 points, but make them take their time. Don't let them have the big plays now talking about the defense only allowing 16 points a game and you know can the Raiders find a way to get a turnover and create a short field you know I mean it's like it's pretty wild and and then me having a lot of confidence in the Raiders defense to be able to keep them in the game as well Uh, again it's not the storyline that I thought we'd be talking about when the season started but it's the story that line that we're talking about as they're into week 12 now of NFL action so I mean you never know, right? It's the National Football League. You never know how it shakes out. So, uh, again, man, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Uh, it's the first time that these two teams get to square up in 2023. Of course, uh, they'll meet each other again, but at Arrowhead on Christmas morning. So that should be a nice Christmas Day gift for both the Chiefs and Raider fans. So that's going to be fun. But for this week, man, week 12, it's going down at Legion Stadium. and We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Mahomes play in a, in a you know, in an environment where there is not going to be any kind of elements. Yeah. Uh, the game against the Eagles, that was – rain the entire game and i'm not saying that it would have changed the outcome if it was you know a 60 degree weather but uh you know get it to where there's no elements there's no wind there's no rain there's no anything like that i think that's also going to help the offense a little bit more uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Who you got winning this game, Hugh? Well, you know, for those elements that you just talked about, it, it's funny. And, and I was talking about this uh, uh, with a buddy, and I was saying, look, at some point the Raiders are going to have to figure out how to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs have dominated the Raiders in the last, I don't know, since Patrick Mahomes has been in the league, they've dominated them. Uh, the Raiders won that game at, at Arrowhead where they you know, took the extra lap in the bus, and that was great and all, but it's been too far and few and far in between or whatever the case may be, whatever that saying is. But it's just, it's, it's, it's been too long. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say the Raiders are going to find a way to win this game, right? And this is why. If they're going to win, it's going to be at home at Allegiant as opposed to that stuff, right? At Arrowhead on Christmas morning, yep. you talk about elements. The elements are going to suck that morning. I mean, I just, I just don't think that that's a very good environment for a rookie head coach, a, very, a rookie quarterback, you know, a rookie offensive coordinator, play caller. I don't think that that's the environment that you want uh, for them to go into Arrowhead and try to get their victory over Kansas City. So uh, I'm going to say that the Raiders are, are going to win. They're going to find a way to win. That, I'm just going to say that I feel pretty good about the performance 
performance that they put up against Miami. Again, I said they, they need to score 24. I don't know if they can score 24, but if they can, then that'll give them a chance to get it done and win the game. I just I have a lot more confidence of them winning at Allegiant than I do in Arrowhead. So I'm just going to roll the dice, man, and I'm going to roll with the, with the Raiders to win this game, and we'll see, we'll see how close this prediction really is. But this is more of a they've got to find a way to win versus the Chiefs as opposed to I just know they're going to win this game. I just I feel like sooner rather than later, they've got to find a way to beat Kansas City. How about you? Rolling the dice in Vegas. <laughs> who, who would have thunk it, right? You roll the dice yeah, in Vegas. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I look at this game, and with as much as the Chiefs are pissed off and yeah. as much as this loss hurt, I just cannot see them going into Allegiant and letting this one get away. Uh, they're in a situation where they control their own destiny. Yes, they're second in the league right, or in the conference right now and uh, you know, for the number one seed. Uh, but Baltimore hasn't had their bye yet. And yeah. Baltimore has more conference losses than Kansas City. So if Kansas City wins out, which obviously we're not talking about that now, but if they win out, they're the number one seat. Uh, they would be, they'd have wins over, you know, Miami. They have wins over, uh, you know, Jacksonville. They would have the conference games against Baltimore. So if they win this game and they go on to win the rest of the games, they're the number one seat. So I think it means a lot to them. Uh, but again, I go back to what I said. They're pissed off, and I think that this is a game where they're going to try to take some of that aggression out on the Raiders. And to me, I think it's a win because when you look at Spagnolo going up against a rookie QB, that yeah. generally doesn't end well for the rookie QB. Right, And for sure. The way this defense has been playing, I mean, look at what they were able to do to Jalen Hurts in the first half. Look at what they were able to do that Philadelphia Eagles defense, or offense the entire game. I think they only allowed like 250 yards total in the entire game. I think they were like close to 150 for – uh, the first three quarters. I mean, that's just not something you see happen to the Eagles very often. This defense is is real, and it's going to be a very good game for them, I think. Uh, so going to be curious to see what they do with the QB situation and how they attack him. Yeah. Uh, because I do think that they're going to be sending blitzes from all over the place, so it's going to be huge for him to be able to pick them up and, and see that. Uh, but I'm picking Kansas City to win this game. So there it goes right there. Chris Clark picked the Chiefs, and I picked the Raiders. And again, just like I told him, uh, at some point, the Raiders have got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. I feel a lot better about their chances at home this year at Allegiant Stadium as opposed to on Christmas in Kansas City. So, you know, not saying that they're going to back down to them when they go on the road. They just have a much better shot uh, this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. I think the defense is going to kind of try to build off what they did versus Miami, and the offense has got to figure things out. Aiden O'Connell is going to have to be a reason why they win the game. He's going to have to be a factor. Josh Jacobs is going to have to be a factor, and I think the defense is going to have to create a couple turnovers. If they do that, they get the dub, but I'm going to go out there and say that they're going to get the win and improve their overall record to 6-6, six and six, heading into the bye, feeling really good about themselves. And Raider Nation, hopefully you're feeling really good about yourself on this turkey day or whenever you get a chance to hear this and uh, check out this little preview of Chiefs and Raiders Week 12 action. Uh, thanks again so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Uh, everyone here on the Lockdown Raider Podcast, between myself and Ari, we're so thankful for you. Uh, without you, the show doesn't even matter. So we definitely appreciate you each and every day tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or just wherever you get your podcast and giving us a few minutes of your day each and every day. Hopefully everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy some time with their family. Uh, get a little bit of rest and relaxation. And we'll be back on Friday. Of course, we'll have keys to victory. What I think it's going to take. Um, might not let you hear that Ian Rappaport conversation I had on the radio show on Wednesday on Radio Nation Radio 920. It was a really good conversation with Rap Sheet. So I'm uh, thinking about bringing that to the show as well. Plus, we'll hear from Antonio Pierce around 1045 in the morning on Friday morning as well. So we got a lot coming up on the show and we'll close out the week really strong uh, and head 
into the weekend, head into week 12 action before the Raiders hit the bye week. So until Friday, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and just win, baby.